What's up, everybody? Michael Nettemeyer here, and I'm your host of the Witwin Podcast, whatever it takes, whenever it's needed. On this episode, we're actually talking about the sales cycle, and it's a recording from a couple of days ago when I was speaking to a group of agents, real estate agents from our company, Network Global, talking of the importance of hitting every step in the sales cycle to ensure you have a long, very successful career with solid systems in place to make sure you're not skipping steps and ultimately losing out on business. So check it out. I hope you enjoy it. If you do like this episode and you find value from our podcast, please like us, review it, share it with somebody else you think would get value. We appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoy the episode. Good morning, everybody. How are you? How's everybody doing? Good. Good. So many of you have seen this before. We've talked about it earlier in the year, if I recall. Uh, I think it's important to run through it, though. So the sales cycle. So if we look at the sales cycle of how our business operates, what do we think step one on the sales cycle is? Basically, I have an eight-step cycle. So meaning if we need to generate business, what's the first thing we should do? Contacts. Contacts. Make calls. All right. So step one is make calls. Now, that doesn't matter if it doesn't have to be cold calls. It has to essentially make calls or contacts, correct? It can be sphere of influence. It can be cold calls. It can be expires. It can be door knocking. It can be open houses. If there's one thing we've learned over the years is that every one of those pillars works. Is that fair to say yes to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all works, and it's figuring out kind of what we gravitate toward, right? Like if, if, if somebody were to tell you you have to do open houses every day and you didn't like doing open houses, would you stick in the business? Would you have a lot of success doing open houses? If you sat there with kind of a negative mindset, no. this doesn't work, right? Probably not, right? So we have to gravitate toward the things we like, but the first step essentially is making calls. The next step then is conversations. So if we start getting in the habit of making calls, what do our next step is, what do our conversations look like? Can our conversations become better? And the answer is yes, right? Script practicing, learning to listen more on the calls and talk less, knowing what to say, sometimes not talking when we don't need to talk. Has anybody ever had that happen where they had an appointment and they kept talking and they talked themselves out of an appointment? I've done it in the past where, back in the day, where they said, yes, come on out and meet, and I kept trying to sell my value, right? And then the call starts going, and they're like, well, you know what, actually, we're just going to not do anything, yeah. Why? Because I just kept talking. All I needed to do was shut up. Right? And that's a skill. That's a training. That's learning. Because so many times, like, we're excited. We got the appointment. I want to keep selling my value and try to convince them over the phone to hire me. I should have just waited until the appointment to then show my value. Right? So a lot of that comes with scripting. Also with scripting, like we've often talked about, when we're really well scripted and knowing what to say, can we actively listen at that point? Are we able to listen better? Because we're not worried about what we're going to say next. We're actively listening now, and that's part of being scripted in the conversations. Now, the next thing is the appointment. So with the appointment, are there ways to get better at going on the appointment? Absolutely. Who feels more confident now going on an appointment than you did three, four, five years ago? Yeah. And did that just happen through just out of, you know, just happened? No, it takes practice. Right? So oftentimes, the more we practice the appointment, and this is a lot of what people don't do in our industry, they don't practice the appointment. And often, like we talk about, is that 
If we don't practice the appointment, then we're practicing on the appointment. That's what I used to do back in the day too. I would practice on the appointment. And I didn't get many listings because I was sitting there not knowing what to do. All right, so the more we practice, the better we get at it. The better we get at it, the more people we convert. And doesn't it just feel good going into an appointment and knowing exactly what you're going to say? And not worrying about like, well, like, like to go into it and not be nervous anymore. Like who feels nervous going to an appointment now? Yeah, it's because everybody practices, right? Whether it's a recruit appointment, whether it's a buyer appointment, a seller appointment, an SOI referral, you just know exactly what you're going to say. Even like your best friend, you know exactly what you're going to say. You have a plan in place now to go on the appointment and not feel nervous. Also, like if you have, who's gone on multiple listing appointments in the f same day? Yeah. Don't you feel like if by like the third or fourth one in the day, you just feel like just sign the paperwork? Like you're so confident, right? Because you know, it's just like, you're just, you know, like you just got this. Like, look, I'm going to get your household. Just sign the paperwork. Right, but that's how you start to feel when you start to practice and you start to go on a lot of appointments. The more reps you get, the more confident you feel. If you're going on one appointment every couple of months, you're probably not going to feel as confident on that appointment as opposed to if you're going on one a week or two a week or one a day. Right? Like that's just the way it rolls is the more we practice and the more we go on it, the better we're going to get. Now, the next thing is the close. Are we skilled in asking for the business and selling them on the idea of working with us? Or like me back in the day, it was, okay, let me know. Right, let me know. Let me know if you want to hire me. See, call me, right? I wasn't skilled and I wasn't confident, really, I wasn't confident in my appointment, so I certainly wasn't confident enough to ask them for the business. So it was just, let me know. Like, how many people have done that in the past? I'm just like, oh, I hope I get it. Hopefully they call me. And then you see three days later, it's listed with somebody else. Right? <laughs> But that's all comes down to practice as well. The more confident we get in the close and asking them for the business, the better off we're going to be. Because oftentimes that's all it is, is most people just don't ask. And that's why they don't get. Because they don't feel confident enough to ask them, are you ready to get to work? Do you feel confident in my ability to get your home sold? Like those are things that are harder to say if you don't practice. Would everybody agree with that? Yeah. Now the next thing then is service. So if we're able to make the calls, get really good at making the calls, set the appointment, close them on working with us, but then our service is not good, what happens? We lose the business probably. Or maybe we close them and then they go tell 10 of their friends what a bad job we did. Right? Maybe we get the deal done and they never refer us again. And they go tell 10 friends, oh, don't use those people, don't use that company, they did a terrible job for me. So the service is a big piece of this. So are we trained and do we have systems in place to provide good service. We know that most transactions run very similar. Would everybody agree? Like there are some little differences or some things that pop up, like all of a sudden like a buyer hasn't paid taxes. Like that pops up, like that's an outlier though. All right, and so now we're scrambling to get that done. That's something we maybe can't account for. But for the most part, our process is very similar. Put it under contract, we have a certain number of days for home inspections, there's municipal inspections, we have appraisal, we have title, all of that. So do we have systems in place to provide good service? Does our checklist and does our, does our service look the same for the most part for every deal? And if it does, and we're doing a good job of that, chances are people will say, oh, it was a really good experience. Rather than just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants and figuring out as we go and never preparing the client and updating them and future pacing the transaction, if we're always reactive, it's probably not gonna be the best experience. Does everybody agree with that? Yeah. So then if service, what does it look like then too? It kind of goes hand in hand, but 
pending. And I kind of just talked about that. But once we're under contract, what does that look like? Right? Did we give them a good experience while getting their home on the market or getting out and showing them property? And then do we have a good experience with the pending process as well? Same thing, series of checklists. Last one then, or next one is closing. When we get to the closing table, do they feel good about the experience they have with us? Right? Do we go to our closings? Remember during COVID, we stopped going, and a lot of agents never pick that back up when they don't go to closings. I look at it as go to the closing because it's kind of like the closure. It's the final piece of the puzzle. It's a great time to ask for referrals as well because that's our last one then is repeat and referral. Repeat spell. I don't think I spelled referral wrong. I never know how to spell referral. Um, repeat and referral. Who's had a repeat and referral client before? Are they fairly easy clients to work with? Are they oftentimes like so-and-so said you did a great job, let's get to work? Yeah, and that's our goal. How do we get more of this? And the way we get more of this is we do a really good job here. Like we always talk about is every year our business should get a little bit easier because we have, we've done a good job for all of these people that we've closed this year. And now they're giving us referral business and they're coming back and saying we're ready to sell, we're ready to buy. Like the more calls we get like that, the better our business is going to be. And that's a good testament to how good our process is. If we go out and close all these people, let's say we close 30 homes this year and nobody calls, nobody ever sends us a referral, nobody ever calls us back and says, hey, you sold me a house a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, we're ready to sell. Is that an indication of our business and our lack maybe of service? Possibly. Or have we just never called our past clients again? Maybe they forgot who we are. What's the statistic? Like 86% say they would use their, client, their realtor again at closing and what, 13, 14% actually do? It's very low. So are we keeping in touch with our past clients? I think it's two things. Are we knocking this out of the park and then are we staying in touch with our past clients? Because the more we stay in touch with our past clients, like I looked at our business yesterday, about almost 20 million of our business came from SOI and past clients. It's a big number. If we really put a lot of effort and focus on that, could that double? Maybe. Right? We've got lots of clients and past clients. But thinking about it, if, we're, if we have this system in place, and what's cool about this too is like, it's a team concept for a lot, in a lot of this as well, if you're on a team. Right? So everyone's in their lane doing their job to provide the best service and the best, you know, best experience possible. And then what we need to do is make sure we're keeping in touch with our people so that when they're ready to sell or buy or they know somebody ready to sell or buy, they're thinking about us. Any thoughts around it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It always does, right? And it is. It's like simple, not easy, right? Like, like the principles behind this are very simple. Like if I just had to show up, make calls, have conversations, get good at it, go on some appointments, close them, service, right? But what's not said in here is like all the challenges we face along the way, like the mental roadblocks to making calls today. Like some people might have mental roadblocks of like something else is going on in their life. They're not in the right mind space. They're not in the right headspace to make calls. Deals are falling apart. It's like, well, I got to save these deals. I can't make calls today. I have to save these deals. So like that's what's not listed up here, right? It's like all the external factors that could affect this. But overall, it's pretty simple on what we need to do. It's not easy, but it is simple. 
think that being on a team allows you to um, leverage some of those, mm -hmm. you know, so that it's not so high maintenance, so manual. Yeah, agreed. You know, the CRM itself, the the team aspect of you know support in different categories. Yeah, allows you to focus and dive deeper on some of those other ones. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was a solo agent, I would rarely get under contract signs on my listings. Like I was just didn't have systems in place, not and I just would never do it. Like I was at a closing one time, like, yeah, we were wondering if you were gonna put a sold sign on our house. And I was like, Oh shit, I forgot to do that. Like I just forgot. Like you're selling three, four, five houses in a month, like and you don't have systems in place. It's like Mary, you were a solo agent for a long time. Like it's there's a lot to it, there's a lot going on. And it is, it's hard to knock it out of the park when we don't have leverage. Right? Especially when we have multiple pendings going at once, it can be challenging for sure. Any other thoughts around it? Yeah. Uh, I think looking at the sales cycle, it mm -hmm. just reminds us that our rep, our reputation is important as well because yeah. that's what leads to our repeat and referral. Definitely. So if it's a mess in the process, then they're going to remember that. Yeah. And then they're going to be like, well, they didn't tell me, they didn't follow through, and then that's what they're going to remember. So that's where I believe that the longer you're in the business, the more you follow this and you do a good job, or at least try to do a good job, then you're gonna lead to more repeat and referral. Absolutely. So the longer you're in it, the more that last one will happen. Yeah, agreed. I think it's also important why vendor partners are super important in this as well, because they're an extension of us. Mm -hmm. So if we're using a lender, title company, home warranty, anything like that, that's not up to our level of standard, like that could be a problem as well. You know, there are things that oftentimes pop up in those, but like having a really good vendor partner or vendor partners, home, a home inspector, that's going to be very, very important. That's an extension of us and our service. And even though they have the opportunity to pick whoever they want, they often look to us for guidance on who do you recommend. We give them people we recommend. If they don't do a great job, it falls back on us. Well, you told us to use them. Well, we, if we didn't tell them to use them, we gave them a suggestion. But oftentimes that's very important that vendor partners are there. They're up to our level of service as well. Yeah, I like that you said that about the vendor partner because that's another piece in extension, right? Mm -hmm. So title, like you may go to the same title company for years and then if you get a bunch of deals that are just bad mm -hmm. or just having issues, at least your title people know you, right? Yeah. So they're going to work with you and they're going to go, oh, we saw this. And that's why the relationships are so important. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. It is. Any other thoughts around it, George? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts around it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's a good reminder, right, of what we need to do day in and day out and be looking at it. And oftentimes what I just like to do is look at, like, where are the holes in my business right now? Do I have holes in my business? If so, where are they? Where am I really strong? Where could I use work or help? Where could I get better at? Right? Like if I'm closing 10, 20, 30, 40 homes a year and I'm never getting repeat and referral, that could be a hole. Right? So let's look at that and say, okay, what can I do more of to get some more repeat and referral? If I'm making tons of converse calls every day and not getting appointments, well, that's a conversation issue. If I'm having the conversations and I'm setting appointments and going on appointments and not getting them to list with me, it's an appointment issue. Right? If I'm taking lots of listings and working with buyers and never closing them, well, then maybe it's a pricing issue or it's something in the buyer consultation that I'm not doing, that I'm not you know, un trying to uncover more of what they're looking for, what's important in a home. I'm just out there showing them every house possible. Because who's done that in the past? We just don't ask them anything. They're like, well, we kind of want to be in Baldwin. And all of a sudden they start sending you homes in Eureka. 
And the next thing you know, you're in Washington County. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're all over the place because you never took the time to really figure out what's important to them. And then, like, well, we want to go to the city. And, you know, and so now you're everywhere. Let's try St. Charles County. Like, that's the important thing, too. Are we doing that with our service? Are we, are we helping them help themselves by asking good questions and figuring out what's important to them? So that's what we have to look at here is, like, are there holes or weak spots in my business that I can improve on? And just make this thing super tight so that way when I get clients, I follow the process and it runs well. And that's all it is. It's like a circle because it never stops, right? Because once we get in repeat referral, we're still making calls. We're continuing. It's just a continuous cycle or circle of things we're doing every day. I was talking to an agent this morning and he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to finish up the year. And he's like, and then starts all over January 1st. And it's true. It never stops, right? Like in sales, you can never really get super comfortable because we're only as good as our next month. So we could have a fantastic year this year, and if we go January with no sales, February with no sales, March with no sales, you're only as good as your next, uh, so that's why it's important in sales, we gotta stay hungry, right? Never stops, unfortunately. It's a blessing and a curse, right? Being self-employed and being unemployed almost every single day for the most part, right? Because we're always looking for new business to keep money coming in. So, but it's going to be a very rewarding business if we dial this in and make it re go really, really well. So you can make a lot of money, have a lot of business, help a lot of people, which is important.